I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. Diet systems and shake replacement systems. Are they good or bad? And my perspective and my honest, candid take on this stuff within the nutrition and health space. Guys, what's up? Today, I wanted to do a session around what we've seen so much of in the nutritional space. And and maybe you've come across these things in your own journey. I'm at the point where I don't even know the names of a lot of these things anymore. I'm that far removed from even following what a lot of them do, but I understand the typical premise of a lot of these things because I have seen people post on social media some of these processes that they are doing and they've shared some of the food and some of the routines that they're doing. So I can see what the intention is behind it and I can see what the patterns are behind it. Now, if you're unaware of what I'm talking about, Essentially, within the health space, the nutrition space, there's lots of different diet and systems, programs, shake replacement systems, where you can either get packaged shakes that you consume, like a detox type thing, or you get, uh, you know, pre-packaged me- meals that you add water to or you heat up, and they're ready to go basically. And you just follow this routine. It's like plug and play. You follow this routine. And then you start losing weight and you get the result that you want. So is this good or is this bad? And what are the pros and cons in all of this? So as someone who's been in the nutrition space for a long time now, over well over a decade, and as well-versed in plant-based nutrition as you guys know, I have my opinions on these things. And, but I also understand that context is important. So the first thing that I want to say to you is that I would rather see someone make some type of effort to improve their health, lose weight, this type of thing. Because generally speaking, if you lose body fat, if you lose weight, regardless of what you're doing, so even if you were eating processed foods and packages and consuming lots of shakes, if you lose 100 pounds, you're going to be dramatically healthier than had you just stayed the same. That's the first thing that I want to say is that that context is important, that the biggest indicator to improving someone's health outcomes is them literally losing weight, losing body fat, losing that extra weight on their system. So I do want to say that given that situation, there can be a time and place for these types of things. But I will say that in my opinion, there's a lot of reasons why they're not the most optimal path for most people to take. And I want to break this down for you and the issues that I have or the things that I see that are the the potential challenges. The first thing is that most people who do these challenges are typically yo-yo dieters in the first place. They've done multiple challenges before. You can't tell me that someone who's done one of these food replacement challenges or one of these shake replacement challenges, it's their first one. For most people, they have done multiple different diet challenges and diets where they've restricted, 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 and they lose 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. But at a certain point, they just 
burn out because there's only so much of that constant restriction and that very rigid system they can follow before they just relapse. And that's what drives a lot of the the yo-yo dieting and the up and down and the back and forth that you see. And so the first thing you've got to ask yourself is that if you've done these before, you've got to recognize the pattern and ask yourself, is what I'm doing here actually going to contribute to a long-term positive outcome for me? Or is it just going to be the same hamster wheel over and over again? I would argue for most people, it's the same hamster wheel. I hold my judgment when I see people post stuff online and they're like, I lost a whole bunch of weight. I improved this. I improved that. I'm like, good on you. But I'm not going to necessarily give you big props till I see you six months or 12 months or two years from now. Show me what you can do over time. Don't show me what you can do in a month. Yeah, sure. And again, context, this dichotomous thinking that I talk about in a lot of my episodes where I can see both ends of the perspective. I'd rather see someone make progress over a month and at least try than to not try at all, right? So I understand that. But what I'm saying is at a certain point, you've got to ask yourself, is your process sustainable? Now, the one of the biggest challenges that I think takes place, and I've seen a, a person on social media post the challenge that they did, and they were talking about the weight loss they've had, and the meals were like these these prepackaged powdered slash maybe where you pour them into a bowl and it's kind of you heat it up in a microwave. And it's just each meal was 100 to 200 calories. And this person was quite a large person. You're going to achieve fat loss no matter, even if you're eating 100 calories of Snickers bars, because you're in such a steep caloric deficit. That is not a very good long-term sustainable approach for most people. It's going to impair your mood. It's going to impair your cognitive function because you're going into such a steep caloric deficit. Your cravings will probably increase, but you're definitely going to feel lethargic and low in energy, which is probably going to make you reach for more caffeine. You'll probably consume more caffeine as a way to mitigate that energy dip you're experiencing by under consuming total calories dramatically. And you're, yeah, sure, you might get some short-term weight loss, but what is the other effects that are taking place? And it doesn't teach you adaptability. It, it's, it's often a very rigid system of you consume this thing, you consume this thing, you consume this thing, which for a lot of people might be useful. Like it just removes decision-making from the table. They don't even have to think. But I'm telling you guys that life is this ever-changing landscape. And that if you are like this guinea pig in this controlled experiment, where as soon as you go out into the real world, you have to figure out what you do in the real world. What happens if you're traveling? What happens if you're eating out? What happens if you're doing all these other things, right? You don't have any skills around how to cope and navigate being in different environments. And so you might do okay when you're at home and you have no external influences on your result. But as soon as your landscape changes, you're gonna be at the mercy of your old habits and then you, that's typically when you see people relapse and they'll do these challenges and they get on a roll for a month because they're at home. And as soon as they go on the next traveling business trip or whatever, you don't hear, see them post again. And part of it's because they've gone through this process of like the wheels falling off. They haven't acquired the skills to be adaptable in multiple different environments. And that's a huge part of what I teach our students 
especially on a plant-based diet, you've got to know how to be adaptable. You've got to know how to eat if you're traveling internationally or if you're traveling domestically on planes or if you're going to different cities or whatever situation you're facing, if you are not learning skills to be adaptable, you might thrive in one little controlled fixed environment. And as soon as life throws you a curveball, everything falls apart. That's not to me how you could create true long lasting transformations. A huge reason why I created this podcast and why I teach what I do now was I saw a lot of frustration with this very thing I'm telling you about where people would do a challenge and then they would relapse because they would build no skill sets and no autonomy and competency around anything. Now, sure, you need to minimize decisions. Very often people suffer with decision paralysis. They have too much choice and so they make the wrong choices. So you do need to constrain that to some extent, but at the same time, too much constraint means that the process is usually very, very unsustainable as well. One of the things that I observed when this person was posting their food on social media and saying, this is what I've been consuming. The first thing is it looked disgusting. I mean, like, no, like no, um, I guess no disrespect to them, but it looked terrible. Like it looked like prison slop. You know, I guess they weren't really good photographers in terms of like documenting these foods with their pictures. But I could look at based on what the meal was and what it was saying it was, I'm like, this stuff is just focusing on calories and it's not really focusing on micronutrients. And what have I talked about over so many episodes, guys, that just focusing on calories and like protein and and that type of thing, that's one small fraction of the equation. It's not focusing on antioxidant content, different types of minerals, different types of vitamins, different types of ratios of omega-3 to 6 to 9, different types of ratios of different minerals to make sure the cofactors and absorption is good. It doesn't focus on any of those things. And so for that reason, you might see some fat loss, but you're not going to truly optimize your physiology. And what I mean by this is it's one thing to lose weight and it's one thing to get in physical shape aesthetically. So you visually look like you're in shape. It's another thing entirely to do those things and actually optimize your biofeedback. Very often what you'll find is that people who just focus on calories and macros, they might get in good shape. They might get below 10% body fat. They might even look like a bodybuilder. But I guarantee you they might have digestive problems. They might have massive energy and mood swings, lots of cravings that they're constantly trying to fight. And they're using a lot of caffeine and sleep aids to help them function. That is not optimal health. And so I find a lot of people fall into this bucket and they just won't say that. And so my take-home point here, guys, is that when you're doing these challenges, very often they're either just looking at calories and sure, you're going to lose weight with that, but you're not going to feel optimal. Or what they're doing is it's essentially just replacing everything with processed versions of something. I do think there's something to be said about trying to eat as whole food and natural as you can, just to get a wide array of foods to help optimize your gut microbiome and all these different things. It seems like for the most part, those things are ignored, or at least there's not a focus on them really much at all. So what I teach people is how do you create maximum nutrient diversity and maximum vitamin and mineral intake? to optimize your energy levels, to optimize your mood, your, your flow states, your, your creativity, the way you think, 
all these things that are associated with having a better quality of life. Because I can tell you this, when you feel good and your mood's good and your mental state's clear and you're feeling high energy, it's much easier to eat healthy. It's much easier to not reach for snacks and processed foods and alcohol and all these other things as crutches because your anxiety is high and your stress is high because you've been consuming things that are causing inflammatory effects in your body. Even if it's healthier than what you were doing, and even if it's low in calories, it can still be exerting negative impact on various biomarkers. Now, one of the things that you'll notice is that they might measure some of the things in blood work, right? They're like, oh, my blood work improved. My blood pressure went down. My cholesterol improved. My, my triglycerides improved. That's one, and usually most general blood work panels are very uncomprehensive. That's the first thing I'll tell you is that if you just go to your GP and they just give you, and they'll just run a general panel, it's, it's not going to tell you almost anything about your physiology. Very, very little. This is the part that amazes me with most general, general medical doctors is they have such little understanding about blood work. They'll just run a basic lipid panel, lipids meaning cholesterol, um, HDL, LDL, they won't even run the ratios of uh, the, the small particles to large particles. They won't run any detailed analysis to get a true indication of what's happening below the surface level, let alone running hormone profiles and C-reactive protein levels and all these other things that can be impacted by your food choices. So what I'm saying here is that it can paint this picture that you're doing better than you think because you're just taking a couple of basic markers and just using those basic things. But there's a whole realm of other biomarkers out there that are not being assessed that might actually be completely suboptimal. And so it doesn't matter to me that someone's doing a challenge and their blood work is improving unless they get an extensive detailed panel. And again, it comes back to this dichotomy of, hey, that might be improving based on where they were at. And that's good. They're making progress, right? They're making progress. But that progress is irrelevant if in six months from now, they're back to where they were and everything is garbage again. It doesn't even matter at that point. And so what I teach people is not only how do you get these detailed panels, how do you understand them? How do you look at what's happening with your blood work and then know what to change with your diet and lifestyle? That's the key is you can get this information. Understanding what to do with it is an entirely different thing. And I'm going to talk about this in another episode on analyzing and understanding blood work. But it's this, it's this lack of understanding between your gut microbiome and how it impacts hormones and neurotransmitter production and all these other things. It's not just about calories, guys. Anyone can lose weight if they're consuming 600 calories a day and working out. It doesn't mean that you're going to feel good or that you're healthy. And so you've got to get past this illusion and this hamster wheel of thinking that these packaged diet systems and these shake replacement systems and this pill popping is the solution. It might be the solution to give you some short-term result. It might even be a springboard for you. So in some instances, maybe you start something like this, you get some results, and then you start to realize, okay, this is not sustainable. And that's when you pivot. And that's when you reach out to someone like myself and you get the help to actually understand things on a deeper level and create a better process above and beyond what you just did. So maybe it is a stepping stone. But I'm telling you, most people do these things like they're on a revolving door hamster wheel where they're just constantly in and out, in and out. And 
it doesn't impress me when someone posts, oh, look, look at all this weight that I'm losing. But the things they're consuming are just processed garbage. Like that, I want to see you build a track record and I want to see you do this in a healthy way, guys. Build the foundation first. Trust me. And this is the hardest thing for people to understand. And people might be like, oh, Fraser, that doesn't sound very nice if it doesn't, you know, someone improving their health doesn't impress you. I've seen too many people relapse to give people false praise, guys. I've seen too many people relapse over the years to give them false praise, to blow smoke up their ass and tell them that it's okay. Oh, you know, you're doing a good job when I know exactly the path they're going down. I know exactly where they're going. I can almost pinpoint the type of the type of results that they're going to get based on the type of person I know they are and what they are doing. What process are they doing? I look at what they've done in the past. I can almost dictate and know what their outcome is going to be purely based on the process itself. And that is the fundamental thing that I think you need to understand. The, the take-home point here is that yes, context matters. Yes, there is a time and place for something like this. Maybe it's a stepping stone for someone. Maybe it's the first thing that's going to catalyze positive change in their life. But it's not the optimal solution. It's not the ideal solution. It's not usually going to be the long-lasting solution either. And that is the stepping stone, and that's the bridge that most people get lost on. They might start something like this, but then they don't know what to do once they get to end, the end of this road. And what happens? All their old habits come back in. All the old processes come back in, and they go straight back to square one. It's why you need to build out more skill sets. And by skill sets, I mean the fundamentally important thing is one, how can you create meals that you enjoy and like the taste of in under 10 minutes? You don't want to have these long, tedious meal prep sessions with 50,000 different ingredients and need to be a sous chef to know how to create these things. It has to be simple. And I teach that, and that is possible. All my meals take less than 10 minutes to make, period. That's it. I, I want to do these things efficiently, but I genuinely enjoy the taste of them. The second thing you've got to understand is that it's not just about calories. Yes, calories play a role. You can eat, you can overeat on healthy foods and gain weight. But if you're just focusing on just caloric restriction and you're not making sure that you're consuming micronutrients dense foods, and all the and what I mean by that is a variety of colors, living foods, sprouts, fermented foods, microgreens, different colored vegetables, a rotation of proteins, a rotation of carbohydrates, a rotation of whole food fats. And you're piecing these things together like this well-oiled rotation of meal choices. If you don't understand that and you're just eating these little pre-packaged tiny morsel meals, you might lose some weight, but you're not going to be getting your full array of recommended daily intakes for almost everything. And then what happens? That's when you experience the energy dips. That's when the cravings start to increase. That's when your mood starts to dip. All these things start to become more and more challenging as you go. And then because you don't know how to navigate in the real world and you don't know how to sustain this long-term, if you're not at home in a controlled, closed environment, you have no idea what to do. And so that's when you relapse. That's when you go back to what you were doing. So again, the take-home point here is context. If it gets someone on the right trajectory, great. But I would argue that most people just go on this never-ending revolving door of 
the same thing over and over again. And I see it where they post these things online and they're all pumped up and rah-rah. They rah-rah themselves. They pump themselves up and then they just go back to what they were doing. Show me what you can do over time, guys. That's why with VegUp, the processes that we teach are long-lasting. You'll see a lot of the students that I work with, they get the results and they can maintain and sustain and manipulate them long-term over months and years. And there's a reason for that. It's because you build out adaptability and you build out skill sets and how can you navigate and being in multiple different environments. It's kind of like if you were just learning how to drive a vehicle in America and you're on one side of the road and you're just learning that. And then when you go to other countries, you have no idea how to do anything. Like you don't know the road rules or anything. This is essentially teaching you how to understand the road rules in every country. And it's in the back of your head. So as soon as you go there, you instinctively know what to do. And the stress is low. You just get into a flow state. You feel calm and collected because you've got this. You have the skills. You have the knowledge to pivot and adapt in any environment that's coming your way. And that comes back to the theme of this season of getting your house in order and being adapt highly adaptable. That's one thing within the fitness industry. A lot of people are not adaptable. A lot of coaches are not adaptable. If you don't have access to a gym and they're just so routine orientated where they have no family, it's like gym, gym tan laundry and the working out and, that, and, and going to the store and buying food. And that's it. It's on repeat with me. Like we've traveled to New Zealand. I had to spend two weeks in quarantine, man, manage isolation in a hotel room in New Zealand. We've traveled in the RV for six months. I haven't been to a gym in in months and months and months. Um, up until New Zealand, I hadn't been to a gym in years. And so can you see how adaptable I am and the result that I maintain? That, my friend, is something rep that's repeatable. You can replicate that. I can teach that to people. That's what creates long-lasting transformation. So when you're thinking, especially coming into January, February, and the start of and coming into summer in 2022, You've got to start thinking to yourself, am I just going to jump on this never-ending hamster wheel and do another one of these things, or am I actually going to do it the proper way this time? Ask yourself that, because yes, there's context, but I'm telling you guys, you want to build the foundation properly first. So focus on micronutrients. Listen to all the podcasts that I've done so far. All the stuff that you need to be successful with what I'm telling you here is in these podcasts. Go through, dig into them, implement them, and realize that it's not just about losing weight and calories. There is more to the equation if you want to be truly optimal. That's the take-home point here today, guys. So go out there and get after it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.